Welcome to Construction Cash Flow. The faster cash flows, the faster wealth grows. I'm your host, Stu Davidson, and I'd like to take a moment to introduce our incredible sponsor, Know Your Numbers. Understanding your cash flow is the cornerstone of success. It's what Construction Cash Flow and Know Your Numbers are all about. For more about Know Your Numbers, click the Know Your Numbers link in the podcast notes to start your journey of financial enlightenment that could literally transform your business. Welcome to this week's episode of Construction Cashflow. On the podcast, I interview various guests from the industry and industry experts. And these are people with their ear to the ground and they kind of know what's going on on the ground. They've got a lot of knowledge, expertise, and I learn something new every every time from interviewing. And this is a subject that is close to my heart, cash flow, and I'm sure that it's a subject that is close to many of your hearts. You know, we all thrive on cash flow. We need cash flow to for our businesses to survive. And it's a bit like the blood flowing around the body. You know, we need the blood to flow to the right places at the right time for us to be healthy and to function properly. And similarly with construction cash flow, we need that cash to flow throughout the whole system, throughout the developer, the main contractor, and throughout those networks in order for it to be healthy and to survive. And and what's more than that is the human cost, late payments and poor cash flow in construction. And if you've been on the receiving end of having to pay your workers, your tradesmen, your or women, and you had to pay them on a Friday, you haven't been paid by your main contractor or your main contractor, you haven't been paid by your client, and you know, you've got all the materials, you've got to pay the staff. If you've been there, it's not a pleasant uh, place to be. And it's not good for mental health, it's not good for stress, it's not good for fear. And when we're in those conditions, we can't make the right decisions. We're focused, we're blinkered. And so that's why construction cash flow is dear to my heart, because it's about how people function and how late payments not only affect a spreadsheet that people are looking at, it actually affects people's lives in a very real, real way. So I'm very interested in how we can improve construction cash flow. Now, I've been around for in the industry sort of 40 years, really. I give my age away a little bit there. And, and I've, I, I was around, I think I was studying when the Latham report came out and we were all hopeful that things were going to change then. And all these years on and with a bit less hair and a bit grey beard, nothing's really changed. And that's why this statement by the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, has caught my eye really. He talks about construction companies that want to bid for public sector work, government projects, government contracts that are over £5 million will have to demonstrate that they're paying their invoices on an average of 55 days. Now, does that, is that, would that help you? Or is it just another wishy-washy whitewash? And if he's really serious, should he be legislating for, for payment terms across the board? But it seems to me that really this statement is kind of a gentle nudge, really. Just could you please pay your invoices in an average of 55 days? Is he serious about policing that? You know, how are they going to find out whether these companies are really paying their invoices on an average of 
55 days. What about projects under 5 million? Are those contractors not worthy of regular firm payment terms? What about those? Do you think that's a, a bit of an oversight there that he's made? Let me know your ideas and thoughts about the autumn statement and the 55 day payments. If you are uh, bidding for public sector work and you're a main contractor, you're thinking about that. How does that affect you? You know, how does that affect your cash flow if you're being restricted to 55 day, day payment terms for your invoices? Do you exercise a cash farming policy? Or does the Chancellor really know? He obviously does know about the uh, investments that are made through the cash that's raised through the construction industry. He must know he's not naive. You know, he's a bright, intelligent man. So he must be aware of the fact that he's restricted in terms of what if I do legislate? How's that going to affect this, the cash farming, the, the investment, the using of the supply chain as a cash cow to fund investments elsewhere? So there's all of that. And who's whispering in his ear? And why is this sounding like a gentle nudge? And why doesn't he legislate properly and get this sorted out once and for all? So there's obviously underlying issues at play here as to why he's not acting seriously and not affecting uh, cash flow properly and legislating properly and putting proper policing legislation in. And what about the Construction Act? Yeah, you know, it doesn't actually talk about the payment term as such, although contracts do, and it kind of leaves it up to us to put the timings in, although there needs to be a process in place, but contracts do vary. It's interesting that he talks about invoicing as opposed to contract terms. Because if we take the standard form of contract, the JCT, for example, they've got set payment terms and a final date for payment. And sometimes I think there's a confusion about when a payment needs to be made. Is it at the date of the invoice or the final date for payment within the contract? And of course, it's the final date for payment in the contract. So the invoice is just an administration thing. So why does he talk about invoicing as opposed to the final date for payment? That's a very interesting oversight, really. I think that the important thing is to understand the difference and understand how they, they two play together. So it's not... Not silver bullet, is it really, This uh, these new rules, procurement rules? Who do you think it benefits? Does it benefit the larger contractors? Or does it is it is it not going to benefit them? Is it going to be a hindrance to them in terms of the long payment terms they want to negotiate? Does it make a difference to you if you're a contractor? Does it make a difference to you if you're a speci specialist contractor? What does it mean to you? Put your notes in the chat below. You know, if you've got some ideas about it. So talking about this invoicing and, and contract terms, what can you do if you're a, a contractor or a specialist contractor around making sure that you're going to get paid on time or in, at least increasing your chances of being paid on time? So just to clarify, think about what your contract says and think about your invoicing strategy. Now, quite often I see that contractors will say to their specialist, specialist contractors, we do the application, we issue our payment payment notice, and then we have the final date for payment. Stick your invoice in and then we'll pay. So then they pay on the invoice rather than the final day of payment. 
and I see it a lot. So if you're a specialist contractor and the invoice is an issue for the administration side of your main contractor, just be aware that it's the contract terms that count. It's the final date for payment in the contract when you need to receive that payment. So if you're, if you're required to raise an invoice, then make sure that you raise that invoice so that the payment date on your invoice aligns with the final payment date in, under the contract. Because I see quite often that the, the invoice is raised by a specialist con subcontractor when they get the payment notice, which is generally, it can be earlier, slightly earlier, but generally five days before the final date for payment. And so they'll stick that in and they'll have their terms of 30 days. So you've, ju you've just extended your payment terms by 23 days. Let's continue with our fascinating discussion in a moment. But first, I'd like to give listeners the opportunity to dive into a world of financial enlightenment with our sponsor, Know Your Numbers. If you want to master your numbers and unlock your business's true potential, and if you're ready to take control of your financial destiny, click the Know Your Numbers link in the podcast notes to find out more. So be careful about how you're invoicing. So the key thing is, is to know what your contract says about payment, when your application needs to go in, when the due date is, when the payment notice is due, when the final date for payment is. And make sure that you're in, if you have the invoice, make sure your invoice is raised so that it coincides with the amount that's been agreed and been agreed in the payment notice. And make sure that the the date for payment is the final date for payment. That way you uh, you can take action on, on your invoice or you can take action in, in the contract. So that's that's the key thing. But also, you know, one of the first things you should go to and before you even tend for a project is the payment terms because that's the lifeblood of all the projects. You know, if you, you've got to pay your guys, you've got to pay your materials and you know, you might be making a big profit, you know, you might have big project profit margins, but if you haven't got the cash flow, you'll go out of business. And the cash flow is what puts you out of business eventually. And that's why I'm passionate about things that improve cash flow. So a few tips, a few tips to ensure that you're making sure that you're getting your applications in on time. That's really, really important. Make sure that the application's been sent to the right person cc'd into the right people get in touch with the accounts department get in touch with the contractors qs make sure that you build a relationship there make sure that application goes in when it goes in make sure your application is in the format that they require it in just to make everything easy and if you if you're claiming for variations make sure you've got all your records all your validation in there to support your application because you don't you don't want to give them any reason to knock it back but also you want to make their life easy you know just think about this if you're a specialist contractor and you're submitting your application to the the main contractor's qs he may have hundreds of accounts to look after you know he's busy he's getting going through them and he'll be looking at the ones that are difficult and that will take him quite a bit of his time but if he see if he knows yours is going to come in with all the information on it. It only takes him 15 minutes to do. He's going to start liking you and like, you know, and start trusting you, you know, and then your payments are going to be processed a lot 
easier because he knows that he can trust that the information that you're giving and be honest, you know, be honest about everything. If there's a deduction that you need to make for something, an omission, put it in. You know, kind of do his job for him in a way. But then if there's something you need extra for, then put, you know, you're going to put that in. You're going to put in the information that you need to go in with that, the substantiation, but also citing the contract clause in terms of why you are entitled to additional pay. So work it both ways. Build that trust up. Make his life easier for him and make their accounts department easier for them as well. Making sure you're getting your application in on the right date, the invoicing on the right date. And as I've already said, make sure that that invoice payment dates aligns with the, the final date for payment in the contract. Don't inadvertently extend your payment terms by 23 days. Like I said earlier, you know, make sure you've got that all in a row. Agree all your payment dates when you sit down with the with your counterpart, with a contractor in terms of payment. But above all, you know, find out what those payment terms are before you tender the contract, negotiate them. Even better, have your own contract terms. What suits you? When do you need to be paid? What contract terms do you need? You know, and challenge that in the contract and, and ask for the contract because you can't tender something if you haven't seen the contract that you're you're going to be working under. So you need the detailed contact contract. You need the amended version that's going to be issued with any adjustments in, and you need it. You need it. You need the contract terms filled in, the contract conditions filled in. You know, how long are the payment terms? What is the retention? How long is retention held for? All those variables that that are often in the in the contract make sure you know those and that's the time to negotiate if you are issuing a 10 that's the time to issue your, your terms and conditions on the back you know check out your contractor do you do your research and if they have got a poor track record one way or another in terms of the way they treat their supply chain don't tender you can go you can sit at home and go bust going down the beach you know like i might do later so there's some tips for you to try and make sure that you are getting paid on time when you need to get paid on time. And just a little comment about contract terms and invoicing. And, you know, it's a bit misleading, I think, this statement talking about invoicing and not the, not the actual final date for payment, which is very interesting. But is it a wishy-washy whitewash? Let me know in the terms of some of my guests Dave Ford, for example, sums the payment terms, the payment culture in construction up quite nicely when he says it's like the Wild West out there. And it really is still like the Wild West out there. And Richard Brackstone, his statement was they're all polishing the turd on the way up. And these are coming from experts in the industry. You know, so we all know that it's farcical. What can we do with Modern technology, how, how will AI help us with payments? Perhaps you're a fintech company and you've got a solution to how payments can be made in construction to take that stress, the friction out of it. It's a win-win situation that maybe you can tackle the low working capital in construction. Maybe you could tackle the issue around cash farming when the construction industries uh, chains are used for raising cash for investments. Maybe that can be combined. Maybe the instead of giving cash for free, this, instead of the supply chains giving cash for free, maybe they could be part of the investment. Maybe higher investment could be made. Maybe risks could be reduced. So if you're a fintech company, maybe you've got a solution that we could 
we could all use in the construction industry and uh, getting paid on time. Why is it important? And why does this 55 days seem a bit silly? Well, for example, if you're a, a brickwork contractor, for example, brickworkers like to get paid every week for the weekend. And if you're on five, 55 days and you've got, I don't know, 30 bricklayers on site, you know, that's a lot of money to fork out for a couple of months every week for your bricklayers. You know, just the chance to realise that some trades need to be paid each week. Um, you know, even if it was monthly, it still puts you out of pocket and you've got to borrow money for that. Where's that money going to come from? Are you robbing Peter to pay Paul? Are you, are you borrowing off another project to put money into, you know, obviously a recipe for disaster. You know, and I, I know it goes on. I know it goes on at specialist contractor level, supplier level, contractor level. It's paying, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And that goes back 400 years, believe it or not. That goes back to when uh, St Paul's were borrowing money off of St Peter's to do some maintenance work, some repair extension work on St Paul's. So robbing Peter to pay Paul is, is you know, we talked about the Latham Report and, and my experience in the industry going back 40 years. Well, in fact, it hasn't changed for 400 years is the truth of the matter. So, yeah, I'd be really interested in your views on this. Does it go far enough? Does it need to go further? Why won't the Chancellor, why don't successive Chancellors for that matter, going back 400 years, or let's bring it up to the modern day, going back 40 years, why haven't they legislated properly for this? And what about the investment side of it? Is this a catalyst? Is this why it doesn't change? Because there's other interests higher up the food chain that we never talk about. How are you being affected? Are you being paid? Have you lost your business? Has it gone out of business? Are you stressed out? Are you in fear? Are you worried about how you're going to pay your bills on Friday? Let me know in the comments below and have a look at the construction podcast. There's lots of episodes in there covering some of the things that you might not have realized affect cash flow. Well, I hope you're having a great day and I wish you the best for the rest of the week that it's prosperous and that that payment check comes in on Friday and you get paid on time, and you're doing everything you possibly can to make sure that you do. So this is Stu Davidson from Construction Cashflow, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on Construction Cashflow, sponsored by Know Your Numbers. Remember, when you know your numbers, you're in control of your destiny. Keep building your success story, and don't forget to explore further by following the link in the podcast notes.